Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we'll hear from Pastor Jason Lee in the series, Moving Forward. This sixth week on the series, we will hear him speak on serving. Now here is Pastor Jason. <laughs> well, welcome. My name is Pastor Nate. I like my haircut. I don't know if you noticed. I got kind of a little trimmed up, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he could take it, I promise you. Well, hey, I want to just welcome everyone here today. And if you're online with us, I want to welcome you as well. And I just want to also say, if you're online with us, I get that sometimes you're far away or you can't come here, but we want you home because I believe there are great things coming for PCC and we need your help on serving the people here in Portland. So today we're going to be in our message for moving forward, and I'm going to be speaking about serving. But before I do that, I want to go to prayer. Lord, we just come to you, and we just thank you for the morning that we've already had. Lord, your Holy Spirit is here, and so I ask that your Spirit will continue to speak through me. Lord, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And Father, we will make sure to give you the glory, honor, and praise that you deserve in your powerful name. Amen, amen. One of the things that will happen to a pastor when they write a message, and I'm sure all of you could uh, say, yeah, is that when you prepare a message, God starts working on your heart first. And what he'll do is he'll say, are you really living that out? Or are you doing your best at that? Or I'm going to even see, are you serving like I call you to? Yesterday, the men's uh, ministry, we went on a motorcycle ride. And if you missed that, you need to come talk to me because it was great. And and so in this moment, we we went up to Timberline Lodge. And it wasn't even like 10 minutes we get there. And all of a sudden, the park ranger comes up to us and says, hey, will you help us move some tables and boxes? And we're like... (laughs) Like, okay, well, hey, I have experience moving tables from church, so let's do it. And you know what? In that moment, we had a choice. We could have said, hey, like, excuse me, you get paid for this. Or we could have said, absolutely. Which one did we do? Ah, no, we didn't. We said, no way. (laughs) No, I was kidding. No, all the men jumped in and they grabbed the tables and helped. And it was such a blessing to this lady. And it just moved my heart. And I said, well played, God. Well played. So have you ever looked up items to see what the original purpose was for them? So let me give you some examples. You see this right here. This is called a fifth pocket. And a lot of us, what happens is we put lip balm in there. We put maybe some loose change. Or if you're like me, you put the little mint wrappers in there. I don't know why, because I guess maybe this, it starts coming out, but you put these little wrappers or maybe you just don't even use it at all. But do you know the original purpose? There we go. See? (laughs) Hey, there we go. I need, I guess, new content on this, huh? It's for a pocket watch. And then for the soda, it actually, you know, the little tab has a dual purpose. One of them is to actually open up the soda. And the other purpose is actually if you twist the tab, that little hole in the middle, you're supposed to put a straw in there. And that keeps it from actually poking out. Try putting a straw without that. and You'll see it just go bloop. 
like that. And so that's the purpose for the little tab. And you're going to love this one. <laughs> I promise you. You know that little drawer on the bottom of the oven? The one that your grandma or some of you moms store your cookie sheet in or you store your pans in? You know that little drawer down there? It's not meant for that. It's actually meant to keep your food warm after you cook it. I'm not going to say if Courtney does or not. That's my wife. I'm not going to go there. I want to have a good day, but it's not intended for that. It's to keep your food warm. But isn't it funny how we think when we know the purpose of something, maybe we were taught that or that's just what we did. And we think, well, that's how it works. So I have to do it that way. Or maybe you were just, your, your father taught you or your mother taught you and that's all you know. And so that is the purpose for that item. But when I told you the correct purpose, some of you probably see it differently now. And you're like, oh, okay, I won't store my pans underneath there. And today we're gonna see four men in a story that their purpose was to be fishermen. But when Jesus showed up, he gave them a new purpose in life. And today, I pray the same thing for you, that today you are going to see the purpose for your life, maybe just a little bit differently. So if you're with me, I'm gonna be at a New King James Version, so if you want to go there on your phone, or if you have it, um, just to help you, if not, follow along. We're gonna be in Matthew 4, 18 through 22. And I love how every week Pastor Nate asks for the Bible, who's bringing it? Man, and we just see more and more. Right here, have this thing in front of you. No distractions right here. You just write in it. Okay, so <clears throat> verse 18. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee <clears throat> saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter and Andrew, his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately, immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So my big idea today is the church is best when it gives itself away. Why is the church best when it gives itself away? Because Christ gave us the example that he would give himself away unconditionally, selflessly, and Christ will always be our example in our church. So in this story, we see four men named Peter and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John. And all these men were all hardworking fishermen and they were brought up in this lifestyle. So um, their fathers would have trained them to fish so they could uh, support themselves. They would have uh, been able to learn and devote their life so that they can take over this family business because a lot of times it was a generational trade that they would pass down. And so they would teach them to be great fishermen. And in verse 18, Peter and Andrew are out fishing and just got done casting in a net and Jesus comes on the scene and he would change their purpose with 10 words. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He changed their purpose with just 10 
words. So what does Christ mean? Well, I think we need to have a real understanding when he says first, follow me. Because a lot of us, we tend to think that if we come to church and we, we listen to a message or we're just good people and we do our best, that that's following Christ. That maybe we don't have these big sins in our lives and we think that this is how we follow Christ. But when Jesus says, follow me, what he's really saying is, I'm calling you to learn my teachings. And I'm also calling you not only to learn them, but to obey my teachings. I'm calling you to imitate my lifestyle that I have shown you. That's what I'm calling you to. I am calling you to seek my plans for your life. That's what I'm calling you to, a higher level. So knowing what it means to follow Christ, and if we're honest with ourselves today, I wonder how many people here consider themselves fully following Christ and fishers of men. See, can you say that you're casting your nets after people with the gospel, hoping to win them for Christ? Can you say that you're imitating Jesus's example, the greatest fisherman of all history who shared the gospel, who won souls, who served people selfishly and unconditionally? See, to be a fisher of men, you are not only called to win people, but you are called to serve all. See, but what happens in life and in church, we tend to lose focus on what is important. Become about us. And our attitude now becomes how can people or the church serve me? Friends, because the Holy Spirit is here, because that's how we grow. But the church is not about us, it never will be about us. hurting world and the lost. Jesus gave us and commissioned us to make disciples. That's what he commissioned us to do, make disciples. So when we get those hurt and lost people coming in here, we, they become little baby Christians and we, the saints, are to make them disciples of Christ and warriors for God. That's what the church exists for. The church exists to give it itself away. Let me ask you, church, is it this building? Absolutely not. The church is the person sitting in the pew. It will never be the building. We are the church. This story, we see Jesus just calling men to be his disciples. Jesus was out fishing and he caught four men. Four men he caught and he shared the gospel and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Help me. It was, I and we're gonna break some walls down together while we do this. What I also love 
is that how he served these disciples after he taught them. When you go into John 13, it says what? He washed their feet. It goes on to even say towards the end, and he served them until the end. He served them until he took his last dying breath on the cross. And what's really sad in this story though, is that Judas, the one that would betray him, Jesus would serve him. He would serve him to the very end, but Judas decided to trade his spot on the greatest team of fishermen for men ever for 30 pieces of silver. I would ask you, what's your 30 pieces? Do you have 30 pieces of silver that you're trading to follow Christ with your all? If we want disciples in our church, we, need to have, we must love, serve, and walk with the people like Christ did. No matter if you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, if you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you work at a grocery store, you have a part in building God's kingdom. Every one of us in here has a part of building God's kingdom. Praise God, everyone's included. You ever felt like you haven't belonged? Well, guess what? You belong in God's family. We have a part of building this. Jesus didn't call always the smartest. He didn't always call the most popular. He didn't always call the best looking, most experienced, or hey, whoever gives the most money. He called fishermen that were available and willing to follow him faithfully and fully by giving themselves away. Friends, following Jesus requires serving him faithfully and fully. So if I start to ramp up on you, just know I want you to experience everything that I have, okay? But the fisherman life was not easy. They would have to be out all night because in those warm seasons, it was too hot. But then they would have to go out also in the night when it's cold. And as you can imagine, their nets were critical for catching fish because it would sustain them, their families to eat, but it was also sustain their business. It wasn't like you can just go out there and catch one fish with a fishing pole. They needed to have a variety. They had to have many fish to sustain them. So because their nets were so critical for their business, they had to spend a lot of time repairing them, untangling them, make sure that they were not rotting so they'd have to put them out and let them dry all the time because if they didn't, they would quickly rot. And if they rotted or if they were broken, that meant they had no nets. That meant that they had no fish. That meant they had no money. That meant they had no food. So it's pretty important, these little nets. But what does verse 20 say? They immediately, underline that word, because that's a very powerful word. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Underline nets. 
they immediately left their nets and followed him. They left what they thought was the most important. They left the very thing that they dedicated their life to time after time, day after day, and night after night, they left. They left everything they knew, invested in, and cared about, even their comfort. These men gave Jesus their all. Why? Because they had a new purpose in life now. Do you know that when you say yes to Christ, you have a new purpose in life too? Praise God that we ain't that old person. We have been made new. Second Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Get ready to hear that word all a lot today. See, when we, when we repent and we say, Jesus, I want you to lead my life, we're saying it's not about me anymore. We have given, been given this new perspective and now our focus is on eternal things and not temporal things anymore. This means all those things that we once valued, that we put high, all those beliefs maybe that we had, all of those uh, um, hobbies that we always put up here, all of the, the priorities that were up here that had our attention need to change when we say yes to Christ. See, we look to follow his example. Our plans are now his plans. And instead of the world being just about us, our world is now about chasing after Christ and men. See, we strive to love. We strive to feel, see, and imitate Christ's example. Why? Because we're at our best when they give ourselves away just like Christ. Following God faithfully and fully requires us to take action. It requires us to have our faith sometimes a little rocked, but we have to step out in that faith at times too. It's gonna cause us to be stretched in uncomfortable ways. It's gonna cause sacrifice in our life. It's gonna cause us looking past ourselves, our wants, desires, goals, and comfort in our lives to be a fisher of men. See, following Christ fully is giving ourselves away so that we glorify Christ. That is why we give ourselves away, to glorify our king. As I was preparing this message, there's sometimes just things that will not get out of your heart and you spend time praying on those. And what kept on, I kept going back to were the two greatest commandments. And this is one of those passages as you read it should be a heart check. You should read this passage I would say, honestly, every day. And allow it to check your heart to see where you're really at. Something I like to do when I read scripture is 
as I'm reading it, I sit there and say, Lord, am I really living this out? Is this the man that I am? What I'm reading on your holy infallible scriptures, am I this man? And if not, wreck me so that I am. And then I go and ask myself another question. Would you guys see that in me? Would you all see that? And then I go a third and say, Christ, would you be happy with me? We have to allow scripture to read us and to convict us. It's good for us to take self-inventory. I would say daily when you're reading scripture, but if not, make it a weekly, monthly habit. Take time to really take self-inventory on your heart and say, where am I? Mark 12, 29 through 31 says, Jesus answered him, the first of all, the Lord commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and your soul, or you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. If I were to ask you, how's your relationship with God? If I were to ask you, are you truly loving people like Christ instructs us? What would be your answer? What would you say? See, I think most of us say we're doing pretty good living out the two greatest commandments. But let me poke at this a little bit. Are you serving and loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength? Notice it says all four times. It doesn't say, and some of your heart, and some of your strength, and some of your mind. He says all, four times. He's saying, do you get the picture now? Do I have your attention? All. Are you serving your spouse as Christ taught us? He died for his church. And he says, love your wife like the church. Are you serving your children like Christ? Are you serving and loving your church as Christ taught us? He died for his church. Can you say yes if someone asked if you serve regularly here at PCC? Are you using the gifts that God has given you to edify his church? Are you serving and loving your neighbor as Christ taught us? Are you the salt and light? Are you the beacon in the hill in your neighborhood? Friends, we are called to pastor our neighborhoods. Just because you don't have a title, titles are nothing. It comes down to right here. You are all pastors. Why? Because he says, build disciples. Amen. He's saying, no, no, no. You go into your neighborhood and be that salt and light. Pastor them well. Let me ask you this. Who is your one? What do I mean by that? Who are you discipling right now? Who are you investing in right now? 
Do you give yourself away to people like Christ gave himself away for you? See, Jesus wasn't just a fisher of men that preached the gospel. He taught people. He fed people. He cared for their needs. And he served people selfishly and unconditionally. Can you say the same? See, if we say we are loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but our life is preoccupied with all our agendas, all our goals, all our dreams and pleasures and live by the least we can do for God and consider ourselves okay, how can we say we love and serve people like Christ tells us to? How can we say we are a fisher of men if our life is all about us? Friends, Serving and loving people is who God is. It is his character. And it's the example that he gave us to do to others. First John 4, 7 through 12 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Praise God. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to, to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but this is one of my favorite parts right here. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Come on, church, we got to get excited about this. He is calling us to be a beacon to Portland. And are we loving Portland like we should? When we say yes to Christ, we're not just saying yes to him, but we're saying yes to him and all that he is. See, we don't get to pick and choose what teachings we want to follow because it makes us comfortable or it aligns with our schedule. See, Jesus is calling us to serve him, what? Fully. Not halfway, not the fake you, but he wants all of you. He is calling us to be a doer of the word and not just a listener of the word. See, to truly love and serve people like Christ showed us requires dying to self, but it also takes action on our part. Why? Because love is an action word. See, my wife and I, we can tell each other until we're blue in the face that we love each other. But the only thing that's going to show my wife is my actions. It's good to tell her, but I got to show her my actions just like she has to show me her actions. And if you're not willing to be a little bit uncomfortable and let go of things in your life or keep making excuses or excuses why you don't have time to serve people, then how can you say you're living out the two greatest commandments? Following Jesus always will require action, my friends.
See, these men gave up their wants and desires because Jesus called them to be fishers of men. These men became doers. Doers and not hearers. James 1, through 25, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law and that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Do you want a blessing on your life? Serve people. Learn to serve and love people like Christ has told you to. I love to serve people. Why? Not because I want the fame, not because I want anything, because it truly wrecks my heart to be able to serve people. It makes me feel good to know that I'm helping maybe somebody take another inch closer to Christ when I serve them. So we have to ask ourselves: yes, we may have routines, we may have some plans, we have goals in our life, but are you willing to give it up and be uncomfortable if Jesus asked you to drop your nets, to follow him and leave everything you thought was your purpose in life for the sake of being a fisher of men? The question really comes down to this. Are you a doer of his word or are you a listener of his word? My third thing is this. Following Jesus is making yourself available to serve others. I'm gonna ask one of our students, her name's Erin Lautner, to come up. When she comes up, you guys, let's root her on. I wanna hear this place loud. Got enough. So understand something. God can use us in so many ways, okay? So it's not always you picking up tables. It's not you always, um, you know, leading a Bible study. It's not always something. Sometimes God will use the littlest way to change somebody's life. Sometimes it's just you showing up that will change the trajectory of someone else's life. Praise God, he will use everything for his people. So, we had camp two weeks ago. Come on. And in, during this camp, God got a hold of Aaron. And so I want her just to share a quick little recap of what happened to her at camp. Hi everyone. Um, so my story kind of started in sixth grade and at my first summer camp, I felt called into ministry and God started stirring my heart, but after a while I kind of forgot about it and I put it off. But this summer camp, I really wasn't expecting anything to happen and I kind of felt like really far from God when I went into it, but like the people around me and Pastor Jason, he um, started pushing me to like serve on the worship team in the youth center. 
and it kind of got my heart going and I knew that I really loved worship and that I really wanted to start doing something with it. So at camp, there was a worship team from Canvas School of Ministry and one of the worship leaders, Kristen, I knew that I had to go talk to her as soon as I saw her and I got to know her and I heard her story. But she has been like really encouraging to me and I kind of like am learning from her right now and keeping in touch. But it's super cool to like see people and she was called in a ministry as well. And she's in school to be a worship pastor. But the speaker at camp um, was talking about God showing you images in your head and writing them down. So the whole day I was going throughout praying about what God would show me. And that night I was writing on my card and I drew a teapot and a microphone. <laughs> and I had no idea what that meant. I was really confused. But I went up to Pastor Jason and I was praying with him and he asked me what this meant to me. And when I think about it, the only thing that I can think of is like pouring out the Holy Spirit onto people while singing. And after I was done, this song that I had been anticipating the whole week came on. I broke down. I fell to my knees and God told me that I was supposed to be a worship pastor. So, Come on. <laughs> So I'm sitting there crying and I'm looking at my friends and someone told me that this is the first song that I'm supposed to sing as a worship pastor, Rest On Us. And so that was really cool. And I went up to Pastor Jason afterwards and he's like, yeah, I know. I told him and <laughs> he's like, yeah, I've been trying to like push you towards this and kind of get you going. I was like, oh, thanks for telling me. but. <laughs> Yeah, that's my story from camp. <laughs> Imagine if our leaders didn't make themselves available. Would she be up here with this story right now? Because at camp, you have to have so many leaders to children. And if they didn't say yes, some of my leaders, I would have maybe had to tell some of my students no. And I think it's worthy of us to recognize these leaders that made themselves available, that said, I will follow you, I will sacrifice my comfort in hopes that God will wreck somebody at camp. So I'm going to ask Susan Iverson to stand up. I'm going to ask Ian Lautner to stand up. I'm gonna ask Jordy Beard to stand up. Praise God that I have leaders that said I will be available. Aaron, God has a great plan 
and he's revealing it. And know what I've learned when you walk with Christ is this. It's on a need-to-know case. <laughs> but you know what? Seek him, put him in the center, and he will reveal it to you. The words that God says that, what? The word is a light to my path. Amen. He will continue to lead you on your path. All right? <clears throat> so today I want to ask you, and you're going to allow Jesus to move up in your life and be first. And some of you are going to walk out those doors or turn off the live stream, pushing Jesus and people further down in your life and continue to put yourself in first. So here's some questions that I need you to ask yourselves. Are you going to make yourself available for God to use you to love and serve his people and church? Are you willing to allow God to give you a different purpose today and if God were to ask you to drop your net and leave everything today tomorrow next week would you say yes see many of us would say I will drop my net and abandon everything if Jesus asked me to do it but he has not asked me like I said earlier none of these passages that I just read says pastors only is for all of us. And if we're truly living by God's commandments and love God with all our hearts, minds, souls, and strength, and love people like ourselves, and striving to live like the example Christ has given us, and value God and people more than possessions and just living for ourselves, then let me tell you something, friends. He's already asked you to drop your net. You just weren't listening. Holy Spirit, rest upon us. Jesus, I ask, Lord, that you start speaking to hearts this very moment. Ask yourself, what net in your life are you holding on to that might be preventing you from following Christ's example and to love and serve his people unconditionally and selflessly. Is it comfort? Is it a lifestyle that you've created and you're just not willing to let it go? Friends, I will tell you, what I have learned is I have sacrificed, and I'm not trying to get this for any boasting, I have sacrificed for the ministry and the Lord has provided in many ways. And I can tell you this, I'd rather serve the Lord and live with barely nothing than to miss following Christ and have everything. Comfort will keep us holding on to things. Hobbies will keep us from leaving things. Are you willing to give your time? Are you willing to relinquish control of your life to God is the question. Maybe you're scared to take those next steps in what God's calling you to do. Maybe it's just excuses. Friends, I will tell you, we will always have excuses when we only care about our wants, desires, and comfort. Maybe you just don't know where to start. And I would tell you, just make yourself available and Christ will do the rest.
Can you imagine what could happen in Portland or at PCC if we all decided to follow Jesus faithfully and fully and give ourselves away like Christ? Can you imagine this Saturday at our community care day, if we went with our hearts postured of giving ourselves away completely, if we went saying, I'm going to serve you faithfully and fully, can you imagine that we had so many people there? Yes, we may not have the jobs, but what it does is it catapults us for next year to have to go to four schools. Can you imagine? what Christ can do, but are you available to serve like Christ calls us? What if on September 4th at our church picnic, we have so many people volunteering that when new people step into our church and they come out on this campus, they see nothing but the love of Christ. And they're saying, whoa, I got people, so many people coming at me, but that they can't help but leave saying, wow, what a loving church. What if, but are you available? I would love to see our church come out on Saturday at Robert Gray and serve like we've never served before. I want to see my email flooding with people that have signed up. I want my battery to go dead because I get so many notifications of people that saying I'm available. What if PCC was known in the community and around the world for serving and loving people unconditionally? Do you believe this can happen? I do. I believe that this could happen. Why? Because I believe in a powerful God that can change and wreck things just like we saw right there. We just have to make ourselves available. And this is what I would really challenge you. I believe on the horizon <laughs> that God is stirring PCC right now. And the best days are really yet to come. I believe behind, I'm right behind Pastor Nate and Mael saying we're going to see healings on this altar. I believe that we're going to have prodigal sons and daughters walk through those doors. Do you believe? Do you believe that we will see great things at PCC? I do. But will you be available? Will you be able to love and serve the people when they come through those doors. Are you ready? Why would God trust us with his people if we're not gonna love him like him? All my heart, all my soul, all my strength. These four men woke up that day thinking their purpose was to continue to run the family business and just live life for themselves. But Jesus, he saw these men leading. I'm helping thousands of souls. Thousands of souls 
for going to hell. They said, I'll make myself available. Are you willing to leave important things behind? Am I willing to leave something so important behind? Maybe today you just need to leave your own life behind. I'm gonna ask everyone to just bow their heads, please. Because maybe something that you need to leave behind is your old ways. Maybe you need to give your life fully to Christ today. I pray, Holy Spirit, you speak to the hearts right now. Lord, we believe in your power. If this is you today, saying, I need to leave my old self behind, would you just raise your hand? Yes, 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 yes. Praise God, Lord, we give you glory. Yes, Lord, we give you glory. Yes, we give you glory. We give you glory. I'm gonna ask that some of you need to leave some hurt behind. Some hurt is preventing you from moving forward in your serving. I pray right now that the Holy Spirit starts healing your heart right now. It is preventing you from a greater blessing. Maybe some of you need to leave friends behind that are not pushing you to Christ, but away from him. Isn't that ironic? We want to be fishers of men, but sometimes you got to know when to say, it's not good for me. Maybe leave your time of chasing your money and possessions behind and making that your world instead of Christ. Maybe it's a hobby. I don't know. But our purpose in life is not just about making ourselves happy. We cannot say that we love, follow, and serve God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and not serve and love like Christ. So I ask you this, with everyone still heads bowed and us examining our hearts today, taking a little bit of self-inventory, are you willing to throw your net down immediately today and follow after him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength to be a fisher of men and available to love and serve the people. At times it takes boldness to be able to step out. And what I'm gonna ask, if this is you, I'm gonna ask if you will come down to the altar. Why? Because this is sometimes what we need to do is step out in faith. Well, you are in a room of believers that are rooting you on. This is where leaders are made. This is where people are called to bigger purposes in life. This is where sometimes your life will change. These are those moments, friends, just like Aaron had at camp. These are those moments. So if this is you, I'm gonna ask you to come up Come down to the altars and ask the Lord to start revealing your purpose. Ask him what you need to start doing, how you need to step up, how do you need to make yourself available? I'm gonna ask Pastor Chip to sing a song and as he does that,
We're going to worship, and we're going to come down, and we're going to pray. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us online for our live stream at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.